full court press. There is no stopping this team. The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. Merrill for the lead. He's got it. It's the full court press with Eric Franson and RJ Selvason. I'd hate to see how you balance your checkbook. I'm telling you, I'd hate to see you general manage a team. Y'all getting paid millions. To act like the full court press on Sports Talk Radio 1069 FM 1390 AM. The fan. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric Franson, AJ Salveson here on the full court press. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining us. AJ's busy over there tidying up. Yeah, I mean, some guy's hacking into the mic yesterday. Just coughing and sneezing into the mic. Who was that? So I'm like, considerate, and I don't want no COVID thing again. So I'm gonna try and be extra careful over here. Sanitize the fetch out of, like, you need like a hazmat suit wherever you've been. What? When you like, yeah, dude, you honestly need like a hazmat suit so you don't freaking catch whatever you got. I don't share nasty diseases. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Your new nickname around the building is Sniffles. That's allergies. That's dude. That's not allergies. We're past that. Call. <laughs> oh, I wish. God, so gross. Hi, Eric. Hi. Okay. Um, I guess we had to open up our Gil Mortgage text line four three five three three nine zero three two one four three five three three nine zero three two one. Eric, I actually had a chance to go to the anniversary of Grand of a uh, Gil Mortgage. It was like this grand anniversary party. They had, like, the whole shebang. They had these great tacos. I don't even know what they're called, but they're really good. That Cold Stone there, um, you know, there's some swag bags. They had tacos, but you don't know what they're called? Well, Tacos are okay. tacos. No, it's like, the, it's like the mini tacos, though. Street tacos? Yes, that's what it is. Thank you. Okay. Oh, man, they were delicious. Um, They had the whole shebang, but congrats to Gilman Mortgage on their anniversary, and uh, we're going to be live there, actually, on Thursday. You and I are. I know you're... That's what I hear. That'll be fun. Are you excited? Yeah. Are you? I can't I am tell. Excited. You are a very hard person to read. I can't tell when you're upset, angry, happy, excited, not excited. I, I can never tell with you, you know? So I'm just trying to figure out your emotions right now as we get ready to go to Gill Mortgage on Thursday evening. <laughs> what? Have you seen those... Uh, those memes, it's like a, a face of a star trooper. No. Excuse me, a storm trooper. Star trooper. I don't. Storm I, trooper. I'm not really into 15-year-old things, but tell me. And under, it's like a bunch of them all together, <laughs> just repeated. Okay. And when it says happy, sad, angry. Oh, I saw something like whatever. that. Bill all these Bel- different emotions. I saw something like a Bill Belichick It's all the same regard. expression, obviously. Um, Hey, so who's a bigger bust in... In their respective sports. Jimmer Fredette or Tim Tebow? Jimmer Fredette. Tim, not Tim Tebow? No. Tim Tebow played in the league. He went to the playoffs so Jimmer for this league. Yeah, okay. We need to categorize Tim Tebow going to the playoffs. He was, was a not, starter. It was not because of Tim Tebow. Well, he was a starter. Okay, Trent Dilfer is a Super Bowl champ, but I mean... Would you credit Trent Dilfer for being a Super Bowl champ or Brad Johnson for being a Super Bowl champ? 
they're definitely part of it. Okay. The quarterback <laughs> is the most complicated <laughs> position in, in football. It wasn't part for, of it. It wasn't for Trent Dilfer and Brad Johnson. Their jobs were very easy. Score 10 points one way or another, and our defense will take care of the rest. You think Tim Tebow, I mean, the guy who got cut by every, like, even the Jaguars thought, okay, you know, we'll do this for, like, a leadership locker room presence, but in the end, this guy's not going to make the 53-man roster. He's no. also, like uh, Coach Urban Meyer said, he's 34 years old. And in an NFL body, in an NFL system, especially a guy who hasn't been in the NFL for years. Do you think the Jaguars knew they were going to... tough to overcome. Do you think the Jaguars knew they were going to cut him? Like, that before he wouldn't even make the 53-man roster? It was more just a, let's give him a shot, help him build our locker room, and go from there? Yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't. I'm with you. On I would that classify too. it as a publicity stunt. I don't think they need that. They have Trey Lance. Yeah. Um. Or Trevor Lawrence. Excuse me. Um. But they they've got they've got the quarterback that's going to give them all the publicity they want. They don't need Tim Tebow to come in and give them publicity. It w- it wasn't like the circus that it was when he was at New England or at Denver. Like when he was at Denver, it was a circus. It was a media circus. Everywhere. Same thing when he went to New England. And when he was with the Jets. Um, he was bad with New England. He was worse with the New York Jets. The Broncos was a weird relationship. Like, he kept winning, but, I mean, it was just... It, was, it wasn't really him. It was his defense. And he had a couple playmakers on the side, but, like, you never just went out there and said, man, Tim Tebow led us to victory. No, but he was in the conversation because he was on okay, the field. True. Jimmer Fredette was true. not on the court. Yeah. Okay. I'm with you. I, I, well, he was with Sacramento. Very rarely. He got, I always he say got rarely. snuffed out by Isaiah Thomas and some of those other guys on that team. 9315 text into our Gil Mortgage text line again. 435-339-0321. Um, what does he say? Ajay trying to defend a BYU player again, just like that Hill QB situation. Okay. The Taysom Hill QB situation is not great. Uh, it's Hill and Jameis Winston. I think Sean Payton's ready to quit his job, too, by the way. I think he's right. Someone just cut me. <laughs> Someone just end my misery right here. I got to pick between Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. That's not a great situation, either. <laughs> um, But, yeah, I, I'm not defending him. I just... I, Tim Tebow was not good. <laughs> I know Jimmer Fredette wasn't great either. I get it in the NBA. But I... Uh... <laughs> but similarly, both have had multiple chances at different clubs yeah. to say, okay, if that situation doesn't work where you were for various different reasons, we're going to give you another shot. Different environment, different coach, different players. We'll see if it works. And it didn't. Okay, let's go somewhere else. Let's try this again. It didn't. But that's for both players, though. True. But of the time that they did play at a professional level, there's no question in my mind Tim Tebow was more successful and more impactful than Jimmer Fredette was. Okay, now let me ask you another question. Uh, 8003 text into our show. What is this Jimmer thing you speak of? Eric, <laughs> let me put you on the line. Who had the better college career, Jimmer Fredette or Sam Merrill? If you say Sam, you're bonkers. Oh, no, it was Jimmer Fredette. Okay, I just want to make sure we were clear on sure. that one. Yeah, he was, he was a national phenomenon. 
What happened? Like, seriously, what happened? He was, you're right, he was a national phenomenon, not because of his religion or anything. It was because he was a great basketball player. He was. So then what like, happened he was in the, in the running NBA, for a man? Player of the Year. Look, uh, Colin Coward talked about this today in relation to this Tebow situation. There are players who are great at the collegiate level who just do not transcend to the professional level. This happens in college uh, basketball, and it happens in college football. He, but, he, yeah, he pointed but out, that you look talent. at all the quarterbacks in the playoffs last year, nobody was from the SEC. But the SEC produces great teams. right? They produce great championship-level teams, but how many of those guys are always at the you know, the highest positions on the highest teams winning in NFL uh, Super Bowls? It's just not quite the same number. But it, it doesn't make sense to me. How come they can't translate it to the pro game? How come Tim Tebow is probably, in regards to the top five college football player of all time, of any era, Tim Tebow is one of the greatest players to ever step on a football field? How come he couldn't translate it to the NFL game? How come Jimmer Fredette, who was one of the greatest shooters in college basketball history, not translate it to the NBA game? I, I, it doesn't make sense to me. How does that not work? But Jordan Love goes out there and does well in his first preseason game. Now we'll see if it translates to a, uh, you know, you know, consistently a good pro career. But guys like Steph Curry of Davidson, who has the exact same style that Jimmer Fredette did, the exact same style. How come Jimmer Fredette couldn't make it work, but a smaller version of Jimmer Fredette, a scrawnier version of Jimmer Fredette, could do it? It makes no sense to me, man. I don't. I can't figure it out. Sometimes guys just fall into the right place at the right time, with the right coaching staff and the right culture, and it works. I think with Fredette, he landed in a place in Sacramento. They hated him. Didn't matter what he did or what he tried to do. That locker room was against him from day one. So he was always working against not just opposing teams, he was working against his whole team, his oh. his team that he was on. So do you blame more of his failure on the system, the team, and the organization than you do him? A little bit, but here's the thing. Just so we, like we talked about with Tebow, both of these guys had opportunities in other places but still couldn't get it to work. So some of it is on him. I think it's silly. There's a lot of BYU fans will say it's all Sacramento's fault for screwing him up. But look, this guy's had other chances. He had other opportunities, yeah, and he just never made it. Smart coaches understand how a good player can fit their system and work in the NBA. Jimmer Fredette never fit. He never made it. 8003, pros are bigger, stronger, and faster. Jimmer Forget was too slow. Uh, but we talked about the SEC talent level, and that SEC talent level then translates to the NFL level. Right, because they—I mean, they—it's been said before that playing the SEC is like playing an NFL team. Right. I mean, I mentioned Nick Coward. He was focusing specifically on quarterbacks. Yeah. There are plenty of dudes from the SEC who win at the highest levels at other positions in the NFL. It was just interesting to point out. Look at all the quarterbacks who went to the the playoffs last year. Not a single one of them came from the SEC, which we would all argue is the highest football league yeah. in conference in uh, in college football but look, it's crazy it's it's a style that's different 
just to win, uh, to be a, a quarterback in the SEC, a winning quarterback in the SEC, is different than being a winning quarterback in the Pac-12 or in the Big Ten. So they run different styles. But anyway, there are plenty of like Luca Garza. Is he going to make it in the NBA? I don't know. But he was a heck of a college player. But I don't. He just doesn't have the right size for what he does. I don't. He might. He might be scrappy and be a long time role player for somebody. But I kind of doubt it. There's guys who work hard. They play well, and they've got the enthusiasm, and it works at the collegiate level. But sometimes they just don't have the physical traits necessary to win in the NBA. That's such a bum. I mean, I just, I wish guys would work out like, I mean, I think Jimmer Fredette, I wish they would have put him in the right system at the right time. Maybe he plays better. I don't know. It's just to see him play as well as he did at BYU and be as great as he was at BYU against incredible competition, by the way. I mean, top-notch competition. And then flail like he did in the NBA. It's just, it's sad. Tim Tebow, one of the most decorated college players, to flail in the NFL like he did. It's sad. <clears throat> it is. And, you know, those uh, are our friends, and especially in broadcasting, who follow the college sports but like a religion. It hurts them really bad when they, they, and you can hear it in their voice when they talk about these college players who just don't make it in the NFL or don't get a shot. Yeah, don't get a shot. I'm like, don't you see how great this guy is? How great he's gonna be? But the end, the, the professional level is different. Yeah, they have to recognize that. I remember talking to Phil Johnson, the former longtime assistant to Jerry Sloan of the Utah Jazz. I, I I asked him like, when they scout players, and you hear, oh, this guy's gonna be great. This guy's gonna be great. He kind of scoffed at the question and just shook his head and laughed. And he said, some people just have no idea what they're talking about. And it came to mind one time, I had heard Spencer Nilton was trying out, you know, with the Utah Jazz, trying to, you know, uh, in a tryout. And they just said, hey, look, he's a great hustler, has a great passion, and a desire to play the game of basketball. But there's things that just don't even come close to translating to the NBA talent level. I and I was that. And I was flabbergasted. I was like, how dare you? What do you know about the game of basketball? Guy can play. He's this and this. And they're like, you, you just don't get it, do you? I remember that Coach Sloan loved everything loved about him. him. He loved his yeah. attitude. In regards of just the inner workings of his want to be there, I want right. to do whatever I can. But his style of play just wasn't. He needed to be about four or five, six inches taller. Yeah. Yep. I mean, they. I think there was a – I think if I remember right – uh, Coach Sloan tells a story of uh, Spencer Nielsen diving into the bench area just for a loose ball when they're up by 15, and Sloan had a smile on his face. Like, thank you. That, that's good to see. And in the end, it was just, again, like you said, the height, there was, there was mechanics that just weren't going to work in the NBA. Right, and it's, it's it, crazy to me, man. It happens, and, and it you'll see guys that you think are marginal players, and somehow they turn out to be amazing stars oh, in the NBA. I didn't think Steph Curry, Paul George, Paul George. I like when we saw him when he was playing for Fresno State. The Aggies owned him. I mean, he did not look very good at all. No, he was. I mean, he had some size and athleticism, but he didn't look like he was going to be this all NBA guy. No way. But he's had a great career in the NBA. 
because his skill set, and I think certainly attitude does a lot for it as well, but um, there are guys that transcend the college games. They don't, like their skill set and how they're best used, some college coaches like, no, I'm going to try to fit you this you this round peg into this square hole. I don't care what your talent is. And then when they get to the NBA, they're unleashed. And like, ah, oh, finally, I can do all these other things that my college coach wouldn't let me do. So, and I love the Paul George thought too, because I'm with you on that one. Steph Curry's another guy that I didn't think would be that good in the NBA. I just thought he was too small. And I was like, dude, you aren't going to get away with shooting 50-footers in people's grill in the NBA. There's no way. Well, that that was incredibly wrong. Uh, who else? Kawhi Leonard? I didn't know if he'd be that good. Kind of surprised with the way Kawhi Leonard's turned out to be in the pros. Um, Trey Young, I, I guess I knew he'd be all right. But yeah, some of these other guys, I just... Not even a clue. Had no idea. But... Yeah. Anyways, yeah, Tim Tebow got cut this morning by the Jaguars to nobody's surprise. No. no. no none. It's just crazy to think about this. And I was I was listening to the Dan Patrick show, which, hey, was Duck Gottley on the Dan Patrick show today? Was he that? was. Okay. Because there was another station that had Dan Patrick, but it was a Dan Patrick show, but then I was listening to our station and it had Doug Gottley on it. Anyways, I was listening to Doug Gottley and he brought up a great point. Like, the hardest thing for Tim Tebow and those guys to come to the realization of is, like, for years, when they were 14 to college or high school, then college, and in the pros, they were cheered for. They were cheered against. You know, they had that atmosphere that would give them that adrenaline rush and motivation to go compete for something. And now that's gone. Like, it's just completely and gone. It's non-existent. Now it's, now what are you going to go do? Um, I mean, Alex, and I thought Tim Tebow was a great analyst for the SEC Network. Uh, Alex Smith, I think, is going to be great for ESPN and Sunday Night Football. I think he's yeah. going to be phenomenal. And that'll be fun. Yeah, absolutely. But again, you just you don't have that adrenaline rush like you do every game day, you know. And it, and that's just it's completely gone. And that's got to be hard for a guy like Tim Tebow, Jimmer Fredette, to come to the realization of, of I don't have that anymore. Yeah. You know. Well. The, with basketball, there are other places some of these guys can go. You, know, you can go to Europe, you can go to South America, you can go to Asia. There are other leagues where you can go and you can still play. And certainly the competition level is not nearly the same, but you can still play. Mm-hmm. In the NFL, there's nothing. You're done. Uh, 8003, ask any BYU fan. Every player is the best to ever play the game, and it's always the pro system that screws them up. I think they do have that thought system on Jimmer Fredette. I really do. Uh, I, I If Jameis Winston starts over Taysom Hill, it's because Jameis Winston is better than Taysom Hill at the QB spot. But I think there will be BYU fans saying that Taysom Hill didn't get a fair shot at it, which is incredibly wrong. Right. He's right? definitely gotten a fair yeah. opportunity. Yeah. Uh, 5099, players not working in a sport and injuries are just part of the sports world. Sometimes it just doesn't work for players either adjusting to the pros or just get the injury bug. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. And it's it's unfortunate. Like Alex Smith's career, I thought, was on the uprising, and then he had that horrific injury against they were when he was the quarterback for the Washington Redskins, or Washington football team, excuse me. Um, But he's going to have a great career in, in, in being an analyst. He really is. And I thought he'd be a great quarterback coach somewhere, whether it's in the NFL or if it's in college. He'd be an incredible quarterback coach. 
But I think he'll be good in the analyst world. I think Tim Tebow would be great as an analyst. Again, I thought he was in the SEC Network. Um, but yeah, I mean, you got to find something else. That's why you always got to have a plan B. Uh, one one pro player said it best. He's like, I have a plan B. For sure, I have a plan B because this isn't going to be going forever. And I think Tom right, every Brady athlete should have a plan yeah. B. Tom Brady has one. I think Peyton Manning got one as well. So yeah. The other thing too, and uh, Ryan Jensen. Um, Riley Jensen preaches this a lot when he visits with teams. Don't allow yourself to be defined by your success or lack of success on the field. Don't let you as an individual be identified by your athletic performance. Athletic performance, yeah. Because you're more than that. And so hopefully these guys recognize that too. Uh, It's hard because a lot of them, that has been their identity. They've allowed that to... For other people to to uh, to identify them and define them based on what they do in the field of play. Good point. Yeah. Great thought. All right, uh, going to take a timeout here on the full court press. A reminder: a couple different conversations we've had, some practice reports. Uh, Ajay, you got a chance to talk defensive line. I got a chance to talk offensive line um, after practice. I also got a chance to speak to one of the uh, stable of running backs at Utah State. We'll hear from them coming up next hour, so stay tuned. Uh, you'll hear from uh, Al Apoahu. Uh, you'll hear from Calvin Tyler Jr. And you'll hear from Micah James. It's all coming up next hour. Uh, but we'll continue to talk about, uh, you mentioned Sam Merrill briefly. We'll get into what he's been able to do in the NBA Summer League. Utah Jazz just had their final game just conclude. We'll update you on some of those numbers and how those things are going as well. It's all coming up on the Full Court Press. Hey, are you looking for a way to get back to your community? Join the United Way of Cache Valley for the annual Day of Caring, Thursday, September 9th, the Willow Park Pavilion, beginning at 9 a.m. Be a part of the United Way and their commitment to unite the caring power of Cache Valley to better the lives of the individuals in our area. You can make a difference. A Day of Caring with the United Way of Cache Valley, September 9th. Sign up at unitedwayofcachevalley.org or justserve.org. Summer's cruising by way too fast. It's already back to school time. Soon you're going to start experiencing many special places and events that you won't forget, such as your first slide down Old Main Hill, attending Aggie football and basketball games, or a wild party at the How, and your first kiss on the Aggie Bowl that might just lead to that extra special moment at Jared's Fine Jewelry, Cash Valley's engagement ring store where it's all about the romance. Just look for the bright green cars at 930 North Main Street. Did you know aluminum cans are 100% recyclable? They can be recycled over and over again. Take your aluminum cans, aluminum siding, and rain gutters to Valley Recycling. It takes 95% less energy to recycle cans than make new ones. In fact, recycling just one aluminum can saves enough energy to power a TV for three years. And when you take your aluminum to Valley Recycling, you get paid. Yes, Valley Recycling pays for aluminum, copper, brass, and other metals. Recycle and get paid for it. That's why they say when you go green, you get green at Valley Recycling. 145 North 10th West. In Logan. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. I just love how proud you are of yourself. Uh, 4260, Texan. How good would uh, Dante Exum have been in college? I don't know. Uh, I think he probably would have been good. 
You think he would have been a standout player? With his size? He couldn't. That's a, that's a guy. If he goes to injuries a, wrecked his career. Yeah, but if he goes to college, he's getting minutes. He's getting starter minutes. You think he stands out on his team? In the NBA, he, you know. Well, okay. On and here's, so here's another question in regards to that coach or him conversation. How much blame do you give on Dante and how much blame do you give on Quinn Snyder? Because Quinn's just like, he took the leash and cut it off with a chainsaw and said, no, we ain't doing this, man. Only after giving him opportunities to yeah. see what he could do, though. Yeah. Uh, let's see, 9835. You guys remember Harold Arsenault when he was at Weber State? That's right. He was the uh, main cat that uh, helped Weber State beat North Carolina in the yeah. NCAA tournament. He looked like a world better but just disappeared after his time was done at Weber State. Did you think Damian Lillard was going to be as good as he is after no, his career? No, that's cr- another one. That's a great example. There's no way yeah. I would have guessed I Dame watched him the in that the Big had. Sky Tournament live in person. I was there when they got beaten the first round as a one seed. And I thought, this guy is hes not going to be that good. Like, no idea. Um, I think if people would have watched Tom Brady at Michigan, they would have said this. And they did say the same thing, actually. Scouts and experts all alike said, nah, this guy's going to be nothing. Seven Super Bowls later, it's like, oh, hey, he's pretty good. It's just, you know, the scouting and the expertise is not as accurate as people want to believe. Not even close to being... It's so much more art than it is science. With all due respect to Doug Gottlieb and Colin Coward, who think that they're experts at knowing who's going to be good and who will not be, they have no freaking clue. None of us do. No. Absolutely not. We don't know what Ked is going to be like in five years in the NBA. We don't know what Sam Merrill is going to be like in five years or if, he'll, if he exists in the NBA. Maybe he won't. Maybe he'll be a Jimmer Fredette. 9315, do you think Bobby Wagner from USU would have been as great as he is? Yes. Bobby had the tools. And they were visible on the field. They were honestly visible. Uh, what have I, would I have been able to project that he would be the number one linebacker in the NFL? Or a discussed, probably not. Or a discussed Hall of Fame candidate in right. the NFL? Probably not. I mean, I'll be honest. But did I think he'd have a uh, an opportunity to play with an NFL team? Yeah. I did. Okay. I, I felt like if, if a team gave him a shot because of his work ethic, because of his skills, how much he kept improving and just uh, how just a nose for what's going on, I felt like he was going to have an NFL career. Now, to the extent that he's had, no, I would no not way. have seen that coming. No, eight zero zero three. Maybe there's something to the intangibles that coaches talk about. Brian Billick said something good one time. I was watching this Bra- uh, document uh, documentary on uh, Tom Brady, but Brian Billick says when someone says we are looking at the intangibles or we are trying to find the intangibles, he Brian Billick continues. That means we have no clue what in the world we are looking for. We're just hoping we find it. <laughs> End quote. And I, I think that's maybe that's true. It's like we're looking for the intangibles. Okay, well, what intangibles are you looking for? No idea. But if we see it, we definitely like them. It's a great interview. I think it was a post season or a post game interview with uh, what's his name, Gino Oriyama. Oh yeah, Oriyama mm-hmm. from Connecticut. From Connecticut, the coach. Yeah, he's had such a string of success there. Right? He gets the best recruits in the country. But he denies that he gets all of the best recruits. He says there's other great programs trying to get good recruits as well. But he says, you know, a lot of people will focus on what the players did in the game. 
Now, how many threes did they shoot? How many assists? How many rebounds? He says, when we're going to recruit kids, we're not so much watching what they do on the court, but mm-hmm. when they go to the bench. How do they act when they're on the bench? Are they a good teammate? Do they cheer on their, their teammates? Are they mentally checked out? Do they pout when they get called out of a game? How eager are they to get back in? He says, we want to know about their character when the spotlight's not on them. I thought that was really interesting. And it's all about, because that's what some of these these players that we've discussed that we didn't see coming, like how they've had such great careers in the pros, is because it's not necessarily what you do in the field of play, but the work ethic, the attitude, the things that happen outside of that that have made these into great players. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really insightful from uh, Coach R.E.M. That's interesting. And that guy would know. If there's anybody that knows, it's him. And and, and you talk about college players translating to the uh, WNBA level. Him and Tennessee, uh, led by the late Pat Summit, uh, had those players. I mean, both of them had a string of players go from the college system to the WNBA and be stars and standouts and MVPs of all sorts and champions. And, and, And that's amazing to me. Absolutely phenomenal to me. Yeah, absolutely. That's true. Um, getting back to uh, Sam Merrill. Yes. From Utah State, trying to make it into the NBA. Uh, traded to Memphis just as the NBA Summer League in Las Vegas was getting underway. Last night in their game against the Clippers, Merrill played 22 minutes, three for seven from three. Had uh, five rebounds, three assists, a steal, and a block, and 20 points. Nice performance by Sam. Now, he did not lead the Grizzlies. Uh, uh, Buchanan off the bench actually led Memphis with 21 points, but Mm. Sam was right there. Yeah, uh, impressed. Dude, he had a couple of really nice plays. He had the dribble drive uh, on a cross-court pass to him. Uh, gets to the top of the key and then gets to the left lane and puts it up for a bucket. Got fouled too, by the way. Uh, and then he had the where he's I think he's in the corner. He's pretty much stuck there, but he jabs. I think he jabs right about twice, uh, and then one dribble step back three right in the guy's grill and hits it. And then he had another one where he pump faked the guy step to his uh, right and hit that shot as well. He's he's phenomenal. I, well, he's, he's really showcasing that he's more than just a spot up shooter. Yeah. <clears throat> and he makes good decisions with his passes, too, for the most part. The one thing he needs to not do is dribble so much. Like, get rid of the ball. Because getting away, dribbling and dribbling and dribbling around in the, you know, around the perimeter is just going to get you in a lot of trouble. This isn't the Mount West Conference anymore. Well, his, his production as of late is really important because Memphis just made another trade. Patrick Beverly was there for like a minute, and now he's already moved off to Minnesota. Oh, that's funny, by but the way. But they got two more players back. So the, the Grizzlies are overloaded with their squad. So they'll have to shed some players. So we'll see if Sam's on the move again or if he's going to actually stick with the Memphis Grizzlies. That's uh, They're going to have to make some tough decisions. Um, Nimi Keta continues to play well for the Kings. They're in the Summer League Championship game uh, tonight against the Celtics. Um uh, Sacramento has won every game that they've played in the summer. That's league. incredible, too. Uh, on on Sunday versus the Mavericks, 
Uh, Nimi played 15 minutes, um, three rebounds and a steal, only had one point. So didn't didn't play very much uh, in uh, in the Sunday night game. I uh, I was looking at just some of the summer league stuff about who stood out and such, and Merrill and Keta were both on a list from CBS Sports. Like they both like Meta and er, Merrill and Keta. Uh, said Keta's brought a really good defensive presence. Says Sam's been good offensively. Uh, gets his offense or gets into the offense really quickly, makes good decisions, and he's been a good shooter for them as well. So uh, they're getting recognized. I'd like to see Merrill on a normal rotation with, with this Grizzlies team. And now that Patrick Beverly's gone, maybe that helps out. By the way, speaking of Patrick Beverly, dude, you go from, <laughs> you know, you're you're going to go play for, uh, was it Memphis or whatever? And you're like, you know, great and grind, let's go. And then Memphis is like, yeah, we're training you, dude. Get out of here. <laughs> oh. Well, first, if you, somebody put this out there earlier today. The Patrick Beverly uh, uh, tweets as of late. Okay. Because when they re-signed Reggie Jackson, he sent out a tweet like, yeah, we're keeping the team together. And then he's traded oh, no. to Memphis. Oh, all grit and grind. And now he's <laughs> traded to Minnesota. <laughs> like, oh, my word. <laughs> Hey, uh, Adam. I think I'd stay off of social media for a minute or two. <laughs> now we need to tweet out dot dot dot. Yeah. Uh, Adam Rittenberg uh, tweeted this out. Uh, says that sources have named New Mexico uh, that the, or excuse me that the New Mexico has named the Kentucky transfer Terry Wilson as their starting quarterback. Uh, Terry Wilson at Kentucky went seventeen and eight, and the only pl- only player in team history with three thousand career passing yards and one thousand rushing yards. And so their starting quarterback. Will be Terry Wilson uh, at New Mexico. This kid's got some talent in in a really tough conference as well. Okay, interesting. But he needs to have talent around him at New Mexico. That's that's the problem. That's the key. Yep, absolutely. Uh, our good friend uh, Jason Turner. Yes, I love Jason. The Herald Journal is reporting that the Utah State offensive line is getting some added depth and some experience. Uh, a couple of uh, offensive linemen, some twin brothers, uh, Ilya and Inoka Miguel. I don't know if I pronounced that right, but um, they uh, highly recruited. Oh yeah, by absolutely. a lot of different schools. Pac-12. They were going to go to BYU. They signed. In they December. signed with BYU. Yeah. And oh. uh, but now they're uh, they've changed their minds and. Uh, Several Power Five schools were after them. Oregon, Michigan State, Nebraska, Washington State, Arizona, Arizona State, and Colorado all were after them. Dude, that is a massive get for two reasons. One, talent-wise, but two, they need that depth oh so badly. They are hurting. So, uh, let's see. They are, like we said, they're twin brothers. Uh, Imoka is six foot five, 230-pound defensive end. Um, uh, Elia, he, I uh, just lost. Oh, He's six, six three, 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 twenty, three, twenty offensive lineman. Oh my gosh. Now, uh, Elia was ranked 41st, according to Jason Turner. Elia was ranked 41st nationally among the uh, all class of 2021 offensive guards by 247sports.com. Uh, he was a three star recruit, was selected as the Southwestern League lineman of the year as a junior, plus was a two time all state honoree. 
and he secured a spot in the CalHighSports.com All-State First Team. And then for Emoka, again, 6'5", 230, as you mentioned, uh, he had scholarships from programs like Arizona, Colorado, Michigan State, and Oregon State, uh, and Mount West schools like San Diego State, Nevada, UNLV, and, of course, the Aggies. But uh, he was 4 and, let's see, he played as part of a team that went 4-1. and one. Their only loss was by one point in their season opener. Uh, and in the five games, he finished first on team tackles for a loss with 16, sacks with 7, and second on the squad in tackles with 49, and quarterback hurries with 19. Um, he forced a fumble and was credited with 30 solo tackles, according to maxpreps.com. Uh, that is impressive. So, again, Jason Turner reporting that both those boys' brothers are uh, headed to Utah State. They may be already on campus. Is yeah, that right? sounds like they're practicing, actually. Uh, da, 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 they practiced with the Aggies for the first time today. Too bad I didn't see this earlier. I would have asked about them when I spoke to... Uh, Come on, Eric. You got to step it up, my man. I know. I didn't talk to him about depth, though. Oh, I'm excited to hear your conversation. That. I really am excited to hear a conversation with Coach Micah James. Just about that concern. He's a of fun interview. Depth. Is he good? Yeah, he's a good dude. Is he? Yeah. Al was pretty funny too. Yeah, you got a chance to talk to Al Lapuahu oh, yesterday. Man, he's hilarious. So I like you, him. You focus on the defensive front. I focus on the offensive. Can't front. wait to hear from all of them. Yeah, we'll so post it on up next hour. And we'll post it online after. Cause I didn't post it yesterday since we didn't play it, so I'll post it online tonight after our show and. Everybody who missed it can uh, can hear those interviews. So I'm looking forward to that. And I also got a chance to speak with Calvin Tyler Jr., one of the oh, group yes. of running backs. Fighting for a spot. Both. Right. Interesting perspective about um, trying to fight for space and to be the, the featured back, but also just trying to be a good teammate. Yes. Good so point. We'll hear from him coming up next hour. Stay tuned for that. More ahead, as long as our as well as our stat that blew our minds. We got to talk our NBA schedule, too. The Jazz get a special game again on a special holiday, but aren't recognized on opening night. Neither is the... Uh, Holy fetch, people. Reigning MVP. See, he's, that doesn't he's make not any on, sense. He's not on the featured day. I'm going to save this rant for the at break. I'm sorry. <laughs> Saturday on Compass Media Network's coverage of the NFL. It's a Lone Star State battle and bragging rights are on the line as the Dallas Cowboys host the Houston Texans. Hi, this is Jerry Recco. Join Kevin Ray, Danny White, and myself for all the action as the preseason continues on. Will the Cowboys find the win column or can the Texans make it two wins in a row? It's the Dallas Cowboys and the Houston Texans. If it's the NFL, it's right here. Saturday beginning at 5.30 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. It's the music you love. You can sing every word. A flood of memories. Cherry Peak Resort is proud to present Air Supply. It's the perfect date night. Music and food. Due to continued extreme fire danger in our local mountains, including Cherry Peak Resort, the event is at Green Canyon High School for your safety. A huge thank you to Green Canyon High School administration for their continued support. If you love air supply, get your tickets today. They're going fast. Bring a date, make a memory, relive memories from the past. You're going to love the sound of one of your favorite bands, Air Supply. Supply. I'm gonna love, love, 
Water Supply at Green Canyon High School, Thursday, August 19th. Tickets on sale now at SkiCPR.com. If you want to hit a home run or score a touchdown when it comes to your vehicle's maintenance, get your oil changed at Valvoline Instant Oil Change in Logan. This is Dustin with Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Preventative maintenance is huge in your game plan to keep your vehicle on the road. Not only do we change your oil, but we can also provide other services like recharging your air conditioning. Stay in your car while our trained pros service your vehicle. Valvoline Instant Oil Change, 695 North Main in Logan, across from Angie's. Ascent Aesthetics is quickly becoming the choice of those looking for Botox, fillers, skin care, microneedling, laser hair removal, medical grade facials, and more. Doctors Blotter, Benyon, and Robinette of Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat have assembled an incredible staff that want to meet and help you feel confident, beautiful, and refreshed. At Ascent Aesthetics, it's always education first. Visit Ascent Aesthetics in their new Providence location next to the Bank of Utah. Go to AscentAesthetics.com. That's AscentAesthetics.com for more details. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. So the NBA today announcing its uh, opening weekend of uh, highlighted or featured games, we should say that. Yeah. And then also their Christmas Day schedule. Christmas Day is uh, often the NBA's big uh, what is it? What highlight Thanksgiving day, is to holiday. the NFL, what July 4th is to baseball, Christmas Day is to basketball. Right, because New Year's Day is usually college football's yeah. big, what, big day. Yeah. So the NBA today making that announcement, and... There are some teams in the opening weekend that I get it. I don't. I get while some of them are there. I don't. But it's really kind of embarrassing. Like The Nets are in there twice. The Warriors are in there twice. The Lakers are in there twice. The Suns are in there twice. This is the, uh, what is it, the the NBA kickoff. The first four days, there'll be doubleheaders on... ESPN and TNT highlighted coverage from Tuesday, October 19th uh, through Friday, October 22nd. Okay, so here... There's no Utah Jazz in there. Yeah, okay. Milwaukee Bucks, the reigning champs, only in there once. I don't get this. Like, Brooklyn at Milwaukee, that's a great game, 530 on TNT. Golden State of Los Angeles, I get it, 8 p.m. on TNT. Boston and New York is fine. But what in the fetch is Denver at Phoenix on there for? Denver at Phoenix? That's the bet. We can't do like Phoenix and Utah. MVP. And the, oh, this is geez. a team that was the Western Conference representative in the finals. Okay, so why don't we do the number one and two teams from the Western Conference a year ago and put them up against it? Instead, let's take the four-seeded team with the reigning MVP. Right. Eric's favorite player. Oh, my gosh. Dallas at Atlanta. You probably think that's a great matchup, don't you? You're probably salty about it. Two young, dynamic, exciting guards. You can't tell me that's not exciting. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Luca People are Trey? really looking forward to seeing Dallas at Atlanta at 530 on TNT, Eric. Maybe, okay, why don't you put Utah versus... Charlotte? No, Clippers. That would be great. Okay. But, no, you're okay with Dallas and Atlanta. Let's not screw it up. 
because we want the Clippers to play at Golden State. The eighth place Golden State Warriors from a year ago. Well, see, this is what I don't get. This is they're going off of star power. Like Golden State, why are they in here twice? Because they were yeah. not a good team last year. Why is why is Dallas on there? Why is Philadelphia on there, Eric? Philly was one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference last year. They were the number two team. Cool. Man, can't wait to see George Yang hit the side of the backboard and Ben Simmons hit the backboard. That's that's gonna be thrilling. Can't wait for Brooklyn to just, you know, womp on Philadelphia. And and Phoenix at Los Angeles. I just this is such boring. Like this is why he, here is the problem. The NBA opening night is like what the NFL is to the Hall of Fame. They don't give a crap. They just quit caring. These are the highlighted games on national coverage to kick off the uh, NBA weekend. Uh, 8798. AJ just comes to the realization that no one cares about the Utah Jazz outside of Utah. That is true. Okay, well, if that and was true, why me. were the jazz? Why are the jazz involved on their premiere day on Christmas night? Eric, it's an eight o'clock game, Mountain Time on ESPN. It's a filler game. It's a we need a game, so let's just put this together. Because no other players want to play on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day night. The jazz have been involved in Christmas games before. They played the Portland Trailblazers, and it was fun. Sure, but again, it's an eight o'clock game. There's only three games that will be played that day. Five. Hello. There's five other games. There's five other games? There's, there's, there's four other games. There's five total. It's a five-day ga- It's a five day slate. Five games? There's five games, Eric. Are you sure? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, let's... Here, let's... Hey, listeners, should we I'm help Eric it up out? right now. No, let's pull it up together, Eric. Okay, you're right. Yes. So it starts at 10 a.m. our time. Atlanta... And New York. 3426. Does it really matter? Nobody's watching the NBA on Christmas Day anyway. That's false. I don't know about that. I'm not going to watch the Jazz and Mavs at 8 o'clock at night. 1230, Boston and Milwaukee. I'm okay with that game. And I'm okay with Atlanta, New York. That was a great season. Oh, yeah. I'm okay with Atlanta, New York. Yep. Give me it. Uh, 3 o'clock, Golden State and Phoenix. Crappy. Stupid. Dumb. The 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 NBA and its uh, television partners are more than giddy to have Steph Curry back healthy, and they're trying to give every opportunity to put him on the TV every chance they get. You you know you're probably the guy who would be okay with Zion Williamson versus the Suns, and you'd be like, "This is great, star no. power, young talent." No, it'd be a blowout. It wouldn't be entertaining. Uh, Six o'clock. It's the Nets and the Lakers. Kevin Durant versus LeBron James. That's in that I'm okay with this one. I think that'll be Russell a Westbrook, game. Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Carmelo Anthony. Like I'm okay with a six o'clock game for that. And the nightcap at eight thirty, Dallas and Utah. Great. Let's just take one It'll guy be in Utah. W- one guy from one team versus the one. I mean, I guess they took first place in the league last year in the regular season. We couldn't do. I, I, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. What else? Why don't we do Philadelphia versus Utah? Like Ben Simmons and the star-studded 76ers versus the number one team in the league last year. Two teams that do not like each other, by the way. Why don't we do that? Or why don't we do Memphis versus Utah? Memphis versus Utah would have been a great that game. Been, that would be saucy. Jean Morant and, and Donovan Mitchell going at it again. Dylan Brooks versus the whole entire state of Utah. 
But no, let's do the Mavericks and Luka Doncic. It's just garbage scheduling. It's we don't give a crap. We just need to find a game. It's 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 bad. It's bad. It's horrible. What I don't understand what would make you happy about the Utah Jazz in any of their situations. No, no matter what I it would, is. No, I would there's be something wrong. No, I would be happy. There's if they, nothing that can make you happy. I would be about the Utah thrilled Jazz. if they put are playing on opening night. I'd love that. And I mean, they, I I I would like to see them play against the Suns. Why aren't we playing the Suns on opening night, Eric? That would be great. You know what's embarrassing? But you're though? too thrilled about the Lakers and Suns. You love that. I think that'll be a great game, oh too. Oh, my God. There's more than one option here. Oh, jeez. I think that also, uh, this was pointed out earlier online, this is the first time, I think, since 2008 that the reigning MVP was not on a, a Christmas Day game. So, yes, they feature the Denver Nuggets once on the opening weekend, but they do not include Nikola Jokic on Christmas Day. Six two nine four. Personally, I love the late game for the Jazz. Something to look forward to after a long day. Look, for that's me, true. And my family and my kids, like we're doing stuff in the morning. Yes, I'm not watching the NBA. We're doing our thing. Then we're going to visit family at night. Everything, all that's done, and so we're we're chilling and watching games. So you really are okay having a late game for the Utah Jazz at home? Absolutely. It's crazy. I might even go to that game. I don't have any work commitments. That's true. It's just, no. I'll have to make a sign and say, AJ loves the Utah Jazz. <laughs> You're gonna we say, miss you, George. <laughs> I swear, if you do that. If I get on the Jumbotron, you know I'm going to record it. That will break my $600 TV right there. Is, is you seeing a stupid sign like that. Hey, another quick timeout here in the Full Court Press. A little bit more about the NBA. Uh, next hour, it's all about the Aggies. Uh, the, a practice report from a couple of the coaches and a player. Stick around. It's coming up. Uh, Al Apawahu, Micah James, the offensive, or excuse me, the defensive and offensive line coaches, respectively, and uh, one of the running backs for Utah State coming up this season, Calvin Tyler Jr., why he decided to leave the Pac-12 and come to USU, and a uh, good personal connection there that brought him here. We'll talk about that coming up on the Full Court Press. Saturday on Compass Media Network's coverage of the NFL. It's a Lone Star State battle, and bragging rights are on the line as the Dallas Cowboys host the Houston Texans. Hi, this is Jerry Recco. Join Kevin Ray, Danny White, and myself for all the action as the preseason continues on. Will the Cowboys find the win column, or can the Texans make it two wins in a row? It's the Dallas Cowboys and the Houston Texans. If it's the NFL, it's right here. Saturday, beginning at 5.30 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. School is out and summer's here. Hi, I'm Jay Broadbent at Alpine Home Medical. We offer you the best quality products as well as excellent customer service. Whether you're in one of our 10 retail stores or shopping online, we'll provide you with the best experience possible. From CPAPs to compression stockings to portable oxygen concentrators, wheelchairs and scooters, you won't find a better selection anywhere. Visit us online at alpinehomemedical.com. We bring This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems. Did you know that Valley Office Systems is a local company with Utah ownership and we are debt-free with 47 years of industry experience? Valley remains your safe and smart choice for document solutions and all things office. Visit valleyofficesystems.com. High school sports are as American as apple pie. And going to a game or meet is a chance to see the stars of tomorrow shine today. But as anybody who's ever attended a high school sporting event in Utah knows, you can't have the stars without the stripes. High schools are currently looking for new officials in almost every sport. 
Who looks good in stripes? Anybody looking for a way to stay connected to a sport they love? If you like the idea of giving back to your community while earning a few extra bucks, chances are you'd look good in stripes too. We want to hear from you. We need to hear from you. No officials means no games. No stripes means no stars. And what kind of America would that be? Utah needs more high school officials. Go to highschoolofficials.com to sign up or learn more. That's highschoolofficials.com. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Perfect music for our last discussion. Didn't this play in like every NBA or arena for forever? Yeah. I mean, you know what I think about when I hear that song? I think of Bring It On with Kirsten Dunst. Do you remember that movie, The Cheerleaders? Uh, I know of it. I have never. Yes, seen you've it. seen it. You're know, such a liar. Never. Yes, you've seen it, dude. I don't, I don't go when watch. When Kirsten Dunst movies. was in her prime, I definitely watched it. Oh, I bet you did. Okay. So, anyways, there's this. They copy this routine, <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, they copy this routine, and <laughs> that they were given to by this uh, one dude who shows them the spirit fingers in this dance routine that he's showing everybody else. Anyways, yeah. Every time I hear that song, I think of that. It's good stuff. 3426. I am like Eric. Everything happens on Christmas early in the morning and in the middle of the day with family. The later, the better for the jazz or even the day after. So he's a he's a late night yeah, captain. Yeah, there you go. Bottle of wine and some Utah jazz. Just look, you were up late the night before. After you put the kids to bed, you're getting everything ready to go. Then you have to wake up early. And in the middle of the day, you're exhausted and you probably take a nap if you're lucky. After running to family and doing other things. So at the end of the day, you're just you're exhausted, you're chilled. All you want to do is just sit there and watch a game. So I think that's a great time for the jazz game to be played. I'm excited for it. Good to see Utah getting a little extra national publicity. Uh they haven't released the full TNT or ESPN uh national schedule. But at least we know Utah is going to be featured on one of the premier days of the NBA. Should the NBA start on Christmas Day? No. Do you still like it starting, at least having a couple of uh, months there to for teams to figure themselves out before they get to their premier day on national television? Um, no. I, the NBA should not start on Christmas Day. I, I like when it starts. I'm with you. I don't mind that it runs up against college football and the NFL a little bit because those first five, six weeks of the NBA, those teams are trying to figure each other out. Yeah. There's always going to be new players, maybe some new coaches. And um, by the time you get to Christmas, you know who the teams are. Three, four, two, six. Eric, deny, deny, deny. Even if you did watch that movie, deny it. So you did watch it. <laughs> you liar. You did watch it. Uh, no. Sorry. You Dude, lost me at cheerleader. If she was a if she was the president, she'd be Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> Coming up next hour, Utah State football practice report with the offensive and defensive no. line coaches. 
I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Last week, there was some complaining coming out of the questioning their age of that roster. There's one obvious way to answer that criticism. Go out and win a title. 36-year-old LeBron James might go out and do just that. No one's making fun of 44-year-old Tom Brady right now. The question is, is this a trend or are some of these players just outliers? One thing is obvious. Fitness has to be a priority. Tom Brady has the TB12 program. LeBron spends over a million dollars a year keeping his body in shape. He's not quite built the same way as those guys, but Phil Mickelson did work on his physique and became the oldest major winner in golf history. It's inspiring. Luka Doncic and Fernando Tatis Jr. are great, but they're 22. Let's see what they're doing in their 40s. And maybe that's just an old guy's take, but hey, it's a golden time for the older set. Yay! Hopefully the Lakers look at this as an opportunity to prove everybody wrong and teach the younger guys a lesson or two in the process. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Last year, there was a victim of identity theft. Every three seconds, a criminal could be spending your money, applying for loans in your name, damaging your credit, even selling your personal information on the dark web. Unfortunately, you could miss certain threats to your identity by just checking bank statements and monitoring your credit. The solution? LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. LifeLock sees certain threats you might miss if you're just monitoring your credit and alerts you if they find something that could be suspicious. Plus, if you become a victim of identity theft, a U.S.-based identity restoration specialist is dedicated to your case and will work to fix it from start to finish. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock by Norton can help protect your personal information so you can keep what's yours. Save up to 25% off your first year. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or go to LifeLock.com. Use the promo code PATRICK. That's LifeLock.com. Promo code PATRICK for up to 20 20- Whether you work on your own car or somebody else does, be sure to always use reliable Napa Auto Parts. Find these specials at your five locally owned Cache Valley Napa Auto Parts locations. $20 mail-in rebate on any Napa battery. Chevron Dello diesel motor oil, $12 a gallon. Napa 15W40, $10.39 a gallon. Napa diesel exhaust fluid on sale, $8.99 for the 2.5 gallon size. From Preston to Providence, get your Napa know-how. This is Jay from Daryl's Appliance. We'd love to give back to the community. From August 16th to August 28th, we will donate a portion of our sales to the family place of Cash Valley. One of the ways you can help us is come look at the new load of Whirlpool scratch and dent appliances we have in stock. Get these top-of-the-line appliances with our exclusive two-year extended warranty. That's at Daryl's, where service always comes first. Daryl's West on Airport Road. Listen for a live radio broadcast Saturday. See Daryl's Appliance in beautiful downtown Benson. The home for Sports Talk Radio, KLGN Logan, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. We are And here's what you need to know. Jamal Adams is swimming in money. The safety gets the richest salary at his position after signing a reported four-year, $70 million contract to stay with the Seahawks. It includes $38 million guaranteed. The 49ers severed ties with 2018 first-round draft pick and quarterback Josh Rosen. The Lions say goodbye to 17-year long snapper, 40-year-old Don Muehlbach. NFL Network reports the Saints make room for wide receiver Kevin White signing the free agent slash former seventh overall selection. Chiefs defensive lineman Frank Clark is getting an MRI after he tweaked his hamstring at today's practice. Despite this, he's presumably still a lock to play in the season opener. The Yankees push aside the Reds 
Sox 5-3 in some afternoon baseball in part one of a doubleheader. Luke Voigt drove in two runs. He was part of the reason for the New York win. The second game starts in a mere minutes. I'm Brian Fenley. It's the Full Court Press. There is no stopping this team! The Eggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. Merrill for the lead! He's got it! It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and RJ Selvason. I'd hate to see how you balance your checkbook. I'm telling you, I'd hate to see you general manage a team. Y'all getting paid millions to act like the full court press on sports talk radio 1069 fm 1390 am the fan eric france and aj salveson here on the full court press thanks for tuning in everybody hi whether it's on 1069 fm 1390 am the 106.9 the fan mobile app totally free or if you're streaming online on 1069thefan.com. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Appreciate yeah. it. Had some good interaction on the Guild Mortgage mobile app last hour. Let's keep it rolling. 435-339-0321. Uh, we covered some NBA stuff, some NFL stuff, some Utah State stuff, Utah Jazz. Okay, so our, to our listeners, wonderful listeners, our Guild Mortgage text line's open, 435 435- Three three nine zero three two one again four three five three three nine zero three two one. Uh, big congrats to Gill Mortgage who are celebrating their anniversary today. I got a chance to go and be a part of their celebration. Uh, great food, great company, great people. We'll be at Gill Mortgage live on Thursday, uh, doing our That's show from there. I'm lo- I'm looking forward to that too. We're gonna have a blast. Stop in, say hi. Yeah, come in, say hi. Give us a how you doing, pal. You know. Okay, so in the first hour, Eric and I had some arguments. Okay. Which um, is really where that never happens. Yep. Um, the power couple are not getting along again. <laughs> Eric, uh, if so a couple questions for our wonderful listeners who have been participating through our show. Text in. Again, 435-339-0321. Jimmer Fredette or Tim Tebow? Who was more of a failure in the pros? You say Jimmer. I say Tim. Yep. Uh, um... So and, we can keep we can get votes on that. Yes, we need we need yeah. Who's a bigger fail? And don't and don't base it on your BYU hate, okay? Because I feel like that's what Eric's doing. No. Base it on <laughs> base it base it on um their professional career. Yeah, their professional career at and, the highest level. And then Jazz got a Christmas Day night game or Christmas night game, I should say, eight p.m. Dallas Mavericks. Yuck. La. Um. But what would you say would be, um, are you okay with the Jazz not playing a prime or premier team in the NBA on Christmas night? The Mavericks are not a premier team. They have a premier player that gets eyeballs, who just signed the richest rookie contract extension, Supermax, in NBA history. Uh, we got some texts coming in. Uh, 9315, who's Ache taking to the rodeo? Maybe if Eric wins pick six, he gets the other ticket. <laughs> but what if Eric loses? What does Ache get? Eric, in Eric's situation, Eric would say, if I lose, I got to go to the rodeo with Ache. <laughs> if I win, I don't have to go with him. <laughs> Eric, and then, the truth. so that adds in to uh, 5242. Piranhas text in. I mean, that's not Piranhas. Maybe it is. Um, 
Let's see here. He says, have you had any funnel cakes in the last 24 hours? No, I need a funnel cake. Where can you go find a funnel yeah, cake right wait, now? Yeah, if actually, it's not a fair time, that's a where do you go? Question. Where can I find a funnel cake? It's not like I just go through the local drive-thru and ask for a funnel cake. You tell me where to get a funnel cake and I'm going. I am going. Uh, and then he says, 5242 says, Jimmer Tebow won a playoff game. So he thinks yes. Jimmer is the bigger failure. I agree. Uh, 6891, Jimmer by a long shot. 8003, who had more pro starts? Tebow. Dude, what were the Broncos thinking about that? Again, Jimmer was the biggest failure. I I, I want you to think about this for a moment. Josh McDaniels is considered to be a next head coach somewhere in the NFL and a very genius offensive coach. The last time he was a head coach, he traded up, sent Jay Cutler packing, and traded up to get Tim Tebow. So, mistake? Like... This guy's a good head coach who struggled with his team and drafted Tim Tebow because he thought he was first-round talent when everybody else in the NFL said, no, that, that's bonkers. Tim Tebow wasn't first-round talent, and Josh McDaniels thought he was. Uh, 9315, Jimmer because his pro career was way shorter. 2603, Tim Tebow because of the stage he came from. National champ and Heisman. Okay. 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 Uh, one five seven zero. Easy, Jimmer. I'm no Tebow fan at all, but he did win a playoff game with Denver, which I also hate. <laughs> so this is no Tebow mania, just fact. Okay, so let's start with because we talked about this in the last hour, Eric. I'm frustrated with the thought of Sacramento did him dirty. The team hated him. The organization didn't like him. The coaches didn't like Like, he had no win. Uh, it was a lose-lose over there in Sacramento. And I think that affected his game and his mindset in the NBA the rest of his career. I think if Tim Tebow would have got a fresh start where he was accepted, he was liked, he was welcomed, I think he has a longer NBA career. I think there's – I'm not going to be – you clearly know, and it's obvious, I'm not a Jimmer apologist. No, not at all. That should be very evident. Yes, absolutely. But I, I think it was clear that there are guys at the collegiate level and, and in the NBA, and this was clear when he play, he was on that Suns roster for a little bit when he played in Utah. There are a lot of people in the NBA who – for a variety of different reasons, don't get Jimmer. Don't like Jimmer. And when he was in Sacramento, he wasn't just fighting the rest of the league for that opinion of him, but his own teammates. That That's tough to do. That's tough for anybody to try to come out of that with some level of success. So, but again, I'm not a Jimmer apologist, but that's but- just that's the how that went down. Well, Piranhas text into the show. I really hate when AJ becomes a YBU fan and apologist on the full court press. I'm not a YBU fan. I just, man, I would have, uh, again, we talked about it in the first hour, but it bugs me that Jimmer Fredette was one of the greatest shooters in college basketball history, and then his career just, pfft. in a matter of months, his career in the NBA was done. 
But Tebow, and it is to his fault too. Let's, I mean, let's not overstate that. But Jimmer Fredette, like, let's compare their college careers first okay. a little bit. Uh, yeah, and then we really need to move off this topic. Um, Tebow won a national championship, Heisman Trophy, like, highest level of of college success you can you can achieve. Right in the SEC with SEC level talent. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Jimmer Fredette with his team. Went to the NCAA tournament, made it to the Sweet 16, was a Naismith Player of the Year finalist, and I didn't win it. So there is a little bit of a difference there. He did not become, he was not named the Player of the Year in his respective sport, and he did not win an NBA championship, or excuse me, a collegiate championship, whereas Tim Tebow did. But Tim Tebow also took a team, or was on a team, I want to put it that way, they went to the playoffs and had a successful, at least first season, and had some level of success in his professional career. Jimmer Fredette never had any level of professional success in the NBA. I would agree. I don't even know how many starts he had. If he had any, I don't even know. Uh, 3886, Tebow was absolutely more successful Question should be, who flopped harder? Jimmer is a basketball player or his brother is a rapper? His brother was a rapper? <laughs> Nuh-uh. Stop it. Oh, jeez. Yeah, that that should be combossed really quickly. All right, we got to jump off that topic. But anyways, that yes, was just... Please. <laughs> you can't handle it, can you? <laughs> 1570, Jimmer is very talented, but I don't see him being that much more talented than J.C. Carroll. Carroll's career overseas was even much better than Jimmer. It's true. Did Jimmer ever go to Spain, though? Did he just go straight to China and play there? Uh, I don't know where he went after leaving the NBA. All right. Who is the better college basketball player, J.C. Carroll or Jimmer Fredette? Well, yeah, I think you have to say Jimmer Fredette. Okay. I just didn't know. I really he took didn't his know. Team, just, he took his team deeper into the into the postseason. He was a runner-up for the player of the year. Uh, 8003, Tebow, I feel there was more expectations, but lots of top draft picks in both sports flop. JC is playing in Spain. He, he's retired now, well, isn't he's he? he's retired now. But look, there's the NBA. Yeah. And then the next best league out there is, is, that, where, is where JC, JC was, was, right? And he won, won multiple championships. championships. Yeah. He was, man. We so, got to get him. How can we, we not have the highest him on our level show? outside of the NBA? What the fetch are we doing? We need to get Ryan Bohm and JC on the show. Like, what are we doing? We got to get that done. I got to work on that. Yes, you do. Yes, I do. Uh, Eric, uh, again, we already talked about it briefly. We'll get to more Utah State football stuff here. Uh, Jazz, Christmas night game, Mavericks, 8 o'clock ESPN. 830. 830. Uh, No opening night weekend games or no opening week games that are nationally televised. Nationally featured. Yeah. Yeah. But the Suns are, the Sixers are, the Bucks are, the Nets are, the Lakers are. You know, the Hawks are. Do you know what they all have in common? Top five teams in their conference. But the Jazz can't get one. Do you know why? It's because they realize the Jazz are regular season champs. Well, if the argument is that Utah doesn't play well the ratings on, on national TV games, then why are they in the Christmas night game? Dude, it's a it's a filler game. It's a filler game. It's don't like get all with, antsy and excited the, about it. With a, against a team, a guy that's the NBA's trying to make the face of the league? They're not trying to make him the face of the league. They're making Trey Young the face of the league. Luka Doncic's ahead of or, him. Or LaMelo Ball. LaMelo Ball has a better chance than Luka Doncic. No, Luka's way ahead of 
Both of those guys. In regards to being the face of the league? Yes. Uh, uh, they're pushing the metal pretty hard, man. Uh, they're always going to pr- push young talent, but Luka is ahead of all of them. Uh, 8003, JC's got a sweet place to rest his head here in the Valley. I heard that home is beautiful. Never seen it. They put it in the Parade of Homes a few years ago. Did they really? Yeah, it was a beautiful home. He's got his own gym attached to his house. Why not, dude? Yeah. 1534, Jimmer was a Namesmith Award winner. He was the the award winner. But Tebow was a Heisman Trophy winner. Wasn't he back-to-back? Is it? Because wasn't he the first back-to-back one since like Bo Jackson or I can't remember who it was. Uh, 1570, let's just fly under the radar this year. I think the Jazz didn't do well with the pressure, and I would agree. So, I think that was Milwaukee's secret sauce this year. Yeah. All the attention was on other teams, and they just went out there and played basketball and won games. All the pressure was on other teams, and then they just got – because they've been the favorites in the East for the two years prior Mm -hmm. and then fell short. And it was a different story this last year, and see what happened. Uh, 8003, his own gym. He has his own lake and river. Uh, 1534 says, Eric said Jim or Jimmer was not a winner. Of the Naismith Award. That, oh. I think that's what that's referring to. 6789, please bless the face of the league. Doesn't become Trey Young too punchable. <laughs> uh, 9475, speaking of Jazz and Mavericks, do you think Jared Butler can become what Jalen Brunson was or is for the Mavericks? I I got to see him play. Yeah. It's hard to know. We haven't seen him dressed in a jazz uniform yet. 8920. Archie Griffin is the only two-time Heisman Trophy winner. Okay, ah, I thought... There we go. I thought Tebow was too, so okay. That makes sense to me. Makes sense to me. Um, Eric, Utah State football. We got ready, we get ready for a scrimmage number two this Saturday. Uh, Aggies, uh, t- 12 o'clock, high noon at uh, Merlin Olsen Field or Maverick Stadium. I'm excited to see what this team looks like. I'm excited to see the quarterback con- uh, competition continue uh, between, really, it's between Peasley and Bonner, right? I mean, let's be honest with each other. It, oh, it is. It, it really is. With all respect with to all the other, you know, Lou God and Calvin or whatever, but. What, um, uh, what happens this Saturday when it comes to the red zone situation will be really interesting. Mm. They didn't show any red zone stuff last Saturday. I sure hope they do this time. Uh, I went up to practice uh, today. Um, I was in the parking lot, so I couldn't see everything that was going on. But it did look like they were doing some red zone stuff, two-point conversion stuff. Okay. Um, And um, something good was happening because that offense was jumping up and down like crazy. That's what I like to hear. They were excited. That's what I like to hear. Uh, And if I'm not mistaken, on that particular play where people went the most crazy, Bonner was the quarterback. Um. Again, like I said, I didn't see everything. I don't know what happened, who he threw it to. I don't know the coverage. Uh, I don't know the other guys that did things. I just know that from what I could, at a weird angle, I could kind of tell there was something exciting that happened and Bonner was a quarterback because uh, we're not allowed to go watch practices. Yeah, yeah. So they only let us come in when it's all said After it's done. all said and done, yep. But um, there is an energy about that that team right now, Ajay. They're ramping up the speed of the practices. They're moving things along faster and faster. And uh, and it it has a really good energy about that 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 team and that staff right now. I and and I think we had said it and heard about it before, especially at uh, Utah State Football Media Day, is that it was infectious, right? Between from the coaches' energy to players' energy, that's what you were getting time and time and time again. Shaq Bond said it, Savon Scarver said it. Uh, everybody was talking about the energy of the team. 
the positivity, the positive attitude of the team. And that's what I love to hear is guys who care about being on the field and representing Utah State football. Because last year we didn't have that. And I think, and un- if I can be honest, it started with the coaches. It absolutely started with the coaches. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to blame assistant coaches as much because they're trying to do their job. But the guy at the top's got to be the one creating sets that energy. The tone and it for just everybody else. wasn't there. Yeah. Wasn't there. Uh, you got a chance to catch up with one of those assistants uh, yesterday, Al Lapuahu, who coaches the defensive line. And um, quick kind of preview before we hear from Coach. Uh, yeah, uh, positive about the defensive line. Talks about a couple guys that stands out. And then he also has a nickname that I never knew. Hi, right, Coach. Uh, tell me about your uh, scrimmage. What did you see from your defensive line? What did you like about him? Um, I like that we had more production than we usually have. Uh, biggest thing that we want to do as a defensive line is cause chaos in the backfield, penetrate gaps. Um, we did that for the most part. We still got to clean things up. But as far as a defensive group as whole, we are pretty productive. I know we left some production on the field. Um, Addison Troop had three sacks. I know that. And then we had some young bucks compete. Contributing, but um, overall it was good and productive for us. That was the biggest uh, positive from the scrimmage. Coach, uh, you guys have a ton of veteran experience coming back, but you also have new transfers coming in. Mm-hmm. How has it been to mesh that together and put it on the field? Um, honestly, the guys that have been here, they've done a great job of welcoming the newcomers in. Um, and then the staff of the culture, I mean, the culture of the staff um, has been great for us to, uh, we are all about family. We preach family. So anybody that comes in, we make sure we treat them like family, make them feel at home, you know, because they're far away from where they're at. And um, Our kids are really the ones that have them. We're building a great culture from within. So anybody that does come from outside um, feels at home. You know, they feel that they're part of a family for those that are coming from broken homes or different types of situations. That's a good answer. Uh, how do you feel about the depth and experience you got on the team? Um, we got great depth, um, especially at the defensive end position. Um, we'll have to identify the young bucks who can do it for next year, but for this year, I, I feel like our depth is great. Um, defensive line-wise, we'll be good inside. Just got to keep bringing those young bucks um, along so that they can play next year and hopefully sometime this year too. Nick Henniger played linebacker last year, now moves back to the defensive line this year. How much does it impact having his experience on the defensive line? It's been huge. You know, um, Nick was injured in the spring. Nobody really knew about him. You know, everybody's new here. But if you really look at the stats that Nick has had over the last few years and put them together, you know, it's probably more than everybody else has put together. And so his experience, his leadership has been crucial for us. And, you know, I'm hoping he can make an impression on the young bucks so that one day when they're at that position of leadership, they can do what he did, you know. But he's been great for us. You know, the coaches love him. He's strong. He does everything. He's a hard worker. Great kid. Love to have him. All right, Coach, two off-the-field questions. Uh, I was reading through the roster of defensive line, and I can't pronounce over 80% of them. What's the hardest name that you've had to have? To work with and pronouncing um honestly <laughs> for me it's, it hasn't been bad because i am polynesian but everybody has a problem saying hala's last name the matua puaka oh, you know they, they, they try to, and even my name you know i grew up people 
people think Avalishi, my real name is Avalishi. Oh, okay. People think it's a, a girl name, and they say Avalisha or whatever. And so, Hala is probably the most challenging name. James and Johnson, they're both Polynesian, but they got an easy last name, Hanson. Um, other than Philip Baya, his name is Baya, not Paia. So, we got a few of those guys on, but it's not been hard for me. But for the new guys, sure. oh, it's been a challenge. Do you guys go by nicknames at all? Or like, you know what, just call him whatever. It makes. Mm. I mean, not for you, of course, but for other guys. You know what? We need to do a better job of uh, giving these kids nicknames. You know, when I when I played here, we had a lot of nicknames. Everybody went by different names, but everybody just literally goes by their first name. What was name, yours, Nick. Coach? I was the Dragon. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Can I ask? Oh, um, <laughs> it was a cold practice. It was, I, you know, I was hot and sweaty. I took my helmet off, and there was a lot of steam coming, and I had blonde hair in the back. And uh, one of my teammates was like, whoa, looks like you're a dragon. And so that name stuck. He called me dragon. Then everybody started calling me dragon. And so okay. it's kind of a weird name. <laughs> and I got a lot of personal fouls. So. <laughs> uh, favorite ice cream? Favorite ice cream is Agri Blue Mint. That's easy. That's favorite e topping? Favorite topping. Oh, man. I will have to say some kind of banana or uh, strawberries. I like a little acidity in there. <laughs> Go six three time. Good luck and uh, enjoy the rest of the full camp. Yep, yep. Have thank you. The Dragon, Al Lapuahu. That's good. Uh, give us some pronunciations there, too. Some of the other uh, guys there on the defensive front. And, Ajay, that, that's a defensive line that uh, does have some experience. Oh, they're loaded. And I think they'll, they're loaded. I think they'll be okay. Yeah, they're going to be just fine. Yeah, they're loaded with depth, good experience. I, I love... I do love the transition of Nick Henniger going to the defensive line. It, it, I think it does help. Uh, take pressure off of other guys on the line. Um, I'm excited to see what this... They're going to cause some havoc. They really are. They're going to be a mean defensive line to be able to get through for running backs. I think the running game... I mean, if you had to put together an average of yards, just I think it's going to be pretty low for the running game. They're going to have to throw the ball a lot. Opposing teams will just so they don't have to deal with that defensive line. So, uh, 9310 texted in. He said, did you guys already talk about the Twins who... Uh, joined the football team today in practice today. Yeah, Jason Turner uh, tweeted out today that uh, what's their last name again, dude? Eliah, right? Uh, I don't have it open anymore. Okay, I have it right here because I'm always prepared. Don't worry. Uh, what's his name? Eliah and Inoka. Those Mi are their first names. Miguel have joined Utah State's football team. Now, they've each received a ton of Pac-12 offers and one Big Ten offer, that being Michigan State. Uh, and and they had signed BYU. with BYU. Yep, they had signed with BYU and then in December changed their mind and now are headed to Utah State. Uh, I think, is it Inoka? That's 6'3 and 320. <laughs> and then Aliyah is in that 250 range. One's defensive line, one's offensive line. This is a really big get. These guys are going to be ballers. So, uh, yeah, Jason Turner uh, revealing and announcing that uh, those two players have left BYU and are going to Utah State. Yeah. So, those, we talk about improving depth on th at the line. <laughs> Getting those guys uh, will certainly help with that. Uh, 1570 on our Guild Mortgage text line. Do you think NIL will help smaller schools? For example, a decent player that would be average in Alabama but a star at USU. Do you think he could make more money being a star at USU rather than a decent player at Alabama? Uh, I, I don't think know. For a few 
people it, it it could help but i mean comparing somebody's opportunity at alabama to utah state is <laughs> hard. Probably not fair for utah state because <laughs> look there are there are times that uh the smaller the community and the fewer other uh, competition for you know, what's going on with that particular sport then the the more elevated it is and the more elevated those those players and coaches are um for example bear river bears really big deal in tremonton and the mm-hmm. bear river valley yeah um and not to to diminish any other particular school in the cash valley but they don't necessarily engender that same level of community wide support for that one school like bear river has so uh I think of a school like uh, a Utah State, who there's not necessarily another big university right in the same market, but there are some that aren't that far away in Utah and in BYU. Now I think of a school like Nebraska or Wyoming, where those are the only schools really in that state. I think they potentially have better opportunity for some NIL stuff, but I don't know. There's still, you consider Utah State and the market size and um, the the level of national following, it's just not, it's just yeah. not the same. Hey, more of those two studs that are coming to Utah State. Um, Elia is the 6'3", 320 offensive lineman. He had a scholarship offers, again, from a lot of Pac-12 schools, but including Michigan State and Nebraska. Um, and then... He was uh, ranked 41st nationally among all the class of 2021 for offensive guards by 247sports.com. A three-star recruit, selected by the Southwestern League of Lineman of the Year as a junior, two-time All-State honoree, and a, and a uh, Cal High Sports All-State first team. Look, this offensive line has really needed a lot of help. Uh, they're going to need a lot of help because they need the depth in their position. Maybe, maybe Elias comes in and helps out. Uh, I'd be interested to see, but this offensive line is very thin, and they need a lot of help uh, because to go through this kind of a conference with a thin offensive line is a tough ask. And uh, and I'm sure you know you talked to Micah James about the depth of the offensive line and and where that needs to go. Yeah, in fact, we'll uh, take a time out here in the full court press, and when we return, we'll hear from Coach uh, Micah James from the uh, defensive line, excuse me, offensive line uh, point of view. And uh, one of the guys that they have to block for will be a running back, Calvin Tyler. And we'll hear from him as well in our USU football practice report coming up next on the Full Court Press. It's the music you love. You can sing every word. A flood of memories. Cherry Peak Resort is proud to present Air Supply. Perfect date night, music and food. Due to continued extreme fire danger in our local mountains, including Cherry Peak Resort, the event is at Green Canyon High School for your safety. A huge thank you to Green Canyon High School administration for their continued support. If you love air supply, get your tickets today. They're going fast. Date, make a memory, relive memories from the past. You're gonna love the sound of one of your favorite bands, Air Supply. Air Supply. 
Water Supply at Green Canyon High School, Thursday, August 19th. Tickets on sale now at SkiCPR.com. It's time to plan your fall home improvement project. You've had ideas on how to spruce up your outdoor space, and nothing is better than a smooth surface to party on. Castellite in Logan has pavers you can install yourself. But if you're not sure how to do it, their in-house professionals can teach you how to do it right. With Castellite, you can turn your outdoor living space into the entertainment capital of the neighborhood. For brick, block, rock, paver, and tile, go where the pros go. Online at castellite.com. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and A.J. Selvison. You know, when I was 20, I was spry. I was springy. I was froggy. Now I wake up and it's like the nuts and the bolts haven't been um, lubed. What? The nuts haven't been lubed? Yeah. If you want to call in and wish A.J. happy no. birthday, you can do that too. Our, our phone lines are dead. Do not pull the plug on them. Stay back. Oh, oh not reach. Just pull it away. I can't reach. Yeah. Weekdays from 4 to 6, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. This is Governor Spencer Cox. Right now, we're facing our state's worst drought on record. If we continue to drain our water supplies at the current rate, we won't have enough for our future needs. So I want to thank the residents, businesses, and other institutions that have taken steps to slow the flow. Utah, Now's the time to unite in our effort to water less. Please visit slowtheflow.org today to learn ways that you can take action. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. There must be some kind of way out of here. Say the joker to the thief. There's too much confusion. I can't get no relief. Eric France and Ajay Salveson here on the Full Court Press. Utah State football practice report. Ajay, you got a chance to speak with Al Lapuahu and focus on the defensive line yesterday. And today I got to speak to his counterpart on the other side of the line of scrimmage, and that's Micah James the offensive line coach for Utah State. And uh, really interesting to hear his connection to Blake Anderson and uh, what drew him to come to Utah State. And we talked about depth and how it's coming along, working with players who have been here for a while and these transfers and how he mixes them all in together. Here's Micah James, offensive line coach for USU. Talking to Micah James, offensive line coach for the Utah State uh, Aggie football team. First of all, coach, how is the team progressing? You had the scrimmage recently, a couple more practices in the books. I mean, what are you seeing from this team so far? Um, You know, so far we're we're starting to finally understand what we're trying to get done on offense. Uh, Saw a little glimpses of the tempo that we're trying to play at. Uh, Trying to be physical in the run game, doing a good job of communicating. Uh, There's been a lot of growth since the beginning of fall camp. I'm kind of excited to see what we do. We're still in the middle of building some depth, but I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. And I wanted to ask you about that depth. That's something that Coach Anderson has addressed a few times about that offensive line. How do you develop it, and do you feel like you've got 
guys in place that can rotate and play different positions if necessary? You know, I, I've been extremely blessed. We got some guys who I think can change different spots. Right now, Wade has literally played every position on the offensive line. Wade Meacham. Uh, we got Q, Quasi White, who's, play, who's the starting right guard, who's played some right tackle. And then we got guys like Cole Mose, who's coming along. He's a lot better than he was in the spring. He was the second string right tackle. He's starting to kind of understand everything, learning ball. He's in his second year playing online ever. He was a tight end in high school, um, as well as some of our other young interior guys, uh, such as Pule. I think he's going to be something special when it's all said and done. Uh, we're, we're working in the right direction. Never where you want to be yet, but we're moving there. I think so. That's think fair so. enough. All of these guys are new to you. And uh, you're new to them, but there is a mix of guys who have been in this program for a while, and a few guys who are grand, uh, graduate transfers or super seniors. They got a chance to transfer. What's it like blending the guys that you have on that offensive line right now? To be honest, it's been the easiest part of since I've been here. Uh, the guys are really taken to each other. They look out for each other. I, I kind of challenged everybody that when I first got here, but I do think the, on a consistent basis, you'll see guys just hanging out. They're starting to enjoy hanging out with each other. I love what I'm seeing from that standpoint. The camaraderie is growing. You just got to keep moving in that direction. This is an offensive line that has to uh, block for two different styles of quarterbacks. One who likes to get out and run, he's, he's got those that skill set. Another one who describes himself as a pocket passer. How much of a challenge is that for an offensive line to adapt to who's behind them? Uh, to be honest, it's, it's not too difficult because both guys are great communicators. Um, up front, you know, we just have to run what we're asked to run. The protection responsibilities are the same no matter who's back there. The run game responsibilities are the same. Um, both, Like I said, both guys have been great so far as far as communicating to us. So it's been pretty easy for us as, as far as adjusting to behind us. Because most of the time, to be honest, I'm not sure if they even know. <laughs> and then you were a graduate assistant under Coach Anderson several years ago. You've come back and been able to be on his staff again. How has he changed as a person or as, as a coach? Uh, that's a great question. Um, you know, when I, I he was my first, he was the first head coach I ever worked for as a graduate assistant in 2014. When I got that was my first job. I was super excited to be there. Uh, to be honest, you know, if anything, he's gotten more and more family oriented. You know, I always thought that was something that was extremely important to him. Uh, you know. Uh, everybody kind of knows the situation what happened with his wife and uh, and, and the can't battle her uh, go continue on in life and mo- moving on to heaven. Uh, if anything, it's made him double down on how everything outside of football is just as important as the football piece of it. Um, you know, he's a great guy to come in and work for. He's somebody that I really trust. Uh, I was ecstatic when he gave me the opportunity to come out here and work for him. Um, he's he's a great human, you know. And, and you know, in this business, it's not always that. In this situation, you know, you think guys all oh, they're working with kids and and uh, guys who are transitioning from high school into adulthood, but you know, the reality of the situation is there's only a couple guys who there's not a whole bunch of guys who care about their players the way he does, and uh, it makes me excited to 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 be here and come in to work every day. I don't want to let them down for giving me this opportunity. Coach, thanks so much, and uh, good luck with the team this year. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. That's Micah James. Now, he doesn't normally have that raspy voice. Uh, just There's a lot of smoke in the air, and he'd been uh, yelling at his team for a couple practices, so he had he was a little hoarse when I got a chance to speak to him. But um, you know, super excited about this uh, offensive front. 
guys who can move around and play multiple positions. Now, he did highlight Quasil White. Uh, He's the the transfer from TCU, and he's moving around and playing multiple positions, 6'3", 310 pounds. So there is versatility, and there is experience on that uh, Utah State offensive line. The question isn't so much about the starters. Are they good enough to be starters? But how often do they get swapped out? Uh, are there other guys that can come in uh, and and fill important roles? And it sounds, I, AJ, I'm getting the impression that this is something that they are very consciously trying to work on and continue to develop. In regards of what? Just the depth on the offensive oh, line. Oh, yeah, You can Absolutely. swap guys out without really missing too much. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing. Like, you want to be able to have an offensive lineman who's going to sub in, be able to come in and know the calls, not be like, hey, wait, what does this mean or what does this mean? Everybody's, especially the offensive line with the quarterback, has got to be on the same page. And if you're not, someone's going to miss an assignment and someone could get hurt, especially your quarterback. So you got to be able to be able to rotate without having any issues at all whatsoever. And I thought it was also interesting to hear his response to the two different styles of quarterbacks that Utah State uh, have that are battling to be the, the starter. If it's Peasley, he can be mobile, maybe he likes to run a little bit more. If it's Bonner, he likes to be in the pocket a little bit more. Um, but uh, his opinion is like we all get the same call for the play. Um, but the thing is, if the same call comes in for Peasley as it does for Bonner, and Peasley has an opportunity to turn a corner or has to scramble on a broken coverage, your, your blocking is going to be and will need to be a little bit different than if you're somebody who just needs more time in the pocket and just give him just a little bit more time to make a play. Whereas if you've got a guy with legs, yes, he's going to try to take some time to make the, the right play. But if he sees an opening he and he knows he can get yards, he's going to take it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, it's – I who was it? I can't remember who was it that said this. But they had a uh, they had a quarterback. They had two quarterbacks. One was a pocket guy. One was a scrambler. They said the great thing about the pocket guy is that, uh, you know, he, you knew where he was at all times. You knew wherever he was, he's giving me inside the pocket, and he's had to protect that pocket. Scrambler, he gets out of the pocket, and it's like, uh, now I don't know where you're at. Now we got to go try and block for you and try and find you and try to cover for you. Um, but at the same time, you know that if a guy, if your man beats you on the offensive line, that that scrambler and that mobile quarterback is being able to get out of that and find a way to gain yards in a positive manner. So there's, there's a little bit of give and take. That's true. Uh, it, it, the, you can see positives for both. So, anyway, that's uh, introducing Micah James and Al Lapuahu to Utah State and their respective roles uh, in the coaching uh, staff for USU. Uh, Let's do this. We need to call another timeout here in the Full Court Press, but when we come back, let's hear from Calvin Tyler Jr., running back for the Aggies, one of several, and a lot of these different guys are getting opportunities. Calvin, uh, one of the more experienced running backs in this group, but is one going to separate himself from the pack? Or will they all do it by committee? And how does he feel about that? Hey, uh, and the Mountain West did their top five safeties of 2021. We'll tell you, we'll tell you where Shaq Bond landed. Ooh, okay. I'm curious to see where he is on that list. Or if he's on that list. Uh, we'll find that out coming up next on the Full Court Press. Saturday on Compass Media Network's coverage of the NFL. 
It's a Lone Star State battle and bragging rights are on the line as the Dallas Cowboys host the Houston Texans. Hi, this is Jerry Recco. Join Kevin Ray, Danny White, and myself for all the action as the preseason continues on. Will the Cowboys find the win column or can the Texans make it two wins in a row? It's the Dallas Cowboys and the Houston Texans. If it's the NFL, it's right here. Saturday, beginning at 5.30 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. We love being in Smithfield and making it easy for our friends and customers to do their banking. Hi, this is Danny Hansen, branch manager at Cash Valley Bank in Smithfield. If you don't bank with us, I invite you to discover what a great financial partner you'll find in Cash Valley Bank. I'm anxious to get to know you and invite you to stop by and say hello. Now celebrating our second year in Smithfield, located on the corner of Center and Main, Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. Summer is cruising by way too fast. It's already back to school time. Soon you're going to start experiencing many special places and events that you won't forget, such as your first slide down Old Main Hill, attending Aggie football and basketball games, or a wild party at the Howe, and your first kiss on the Aggie Bowl that might just lead to that extra special moment at Jarek's Fine Jewelry, Cash Valley's engagement ring store where it's all about the romance. Just look for the bright green cars at 930 North Main Street. Every day, Doctors Without Borders teams confront hard facts in conflict and crisis zones. When others might look away, we step in to act. Because measles still kills more than 100,000 children every year. We're there to vaccinate over a million worldwide, including those affected by the current outbreak in Democratic Republic of Congo. Because half of all maternal deaths occur during delivery or within 24 hours. We've assisted more than 1.4 million births around the world, including care for new mothers in Afghanistan. Because some countries only have one or two mental health professionals, we offer counseling and clinical care, providing over 400,000 mental health consultations worldwide last year, including care for migrants and refugees on the dangerous journey north from Central America. The fact is, your acts of care and compassion make our life-saving work possible. Picture the impact we can have together. DoctorsWithoutBorders.org Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric, wrong season. It's the wrong season. You've been loading some songs into our rotation. No, this was Cody. This wasn't me. This was Cody. Blame intern Cody for that one. Well, he's hanging out in Evanston, so I can't really blame him. Well, yeah, you can't because he was playing this back then, dude. I'm playing better the stuff than this. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we'll break from that basketball tune and get back to football. Uh, Calvin Tyler. Look, here's a guy who was at Oregon State. Uh, came to Oregon State with promise. Uh, played some significant games as a freshman. Got hurt, and then kind of lost his spot in the rotation, and just never could get it back. Uh, it isn't to say that he's not an effective runner. He's looking for a fresh start here in Logan. He's got some connections to this coaching staff, and Ajay, we've seen some glimpses in in the spring and uh, so far this fall that this is one of the running backs that. Could it have some impact for Utah State? And uh, so, before we get into who more about uh, you know how he can help the Aggies, 
some background about who he is and why he chose USU. Junior, running back for Utah State University. And Calvin, first of all, just uh, your time here at Utah State, how have things kind of come together for you and how, how do you feel like you fit into what's going on here? Um, I got to thank the good Lord for allowing me to be here. But um, uh, it's definitely been great for me so far. I mean, I've been here for like six months now and I definitely need a, a new place, a new space, new opportunity. Um, so far, how I feel here, because uh, I feel like with all the running backs, we do a good job of like everything, take care of our business on the field and off the field. But uh, I think I feel like it was a perfect fit for me, just trusting the coaches, uh, trusting the staff, and uh, working hard. And I mean, I came from a team that, I mean, we didn't go to no bowl game. This team didn't go to no bowl game. So it, it kind of feel good, like, just knowing, like, I, I can help build this, help build this team with my brothers. So you spent four years at Oregon State. Uh, what made you think you had an opportunity to still play? So why come to Utah State? Um, <laughs> like I said, I needed a um, new space, new atmosphere, just surround myself with uh, different people. And I'm not saying that Oregon State was bad, but uh, I just needed that place because I go from playing my true freshman year, then tearing my ACL 2018 and 2019 just didn't work out for me. And I, I just needed that new space. And it, um, I'm glad I, I got brought here and I'm glad – I uh, met Coach Chucky. So I met Coach Chucky back in 2017. He was a GA at Oregon State. And what's crazy, he's the one who picked me and my family up from Oregon State on my official visit. So it kind of worked back once I got back in touch with him, and it felt good. It feels great to be here now. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that connection, Gary Anderson, Chucky Keaton. They they were at Oregon State, and just what kind of uh, connection may have they have had to bring you here to, to Logan? So, um, yeah, that connection uh, – like, like, we all met at 2017 Oregon State. Coach Chucky knew my skill set, knew I can play. And, uh, once I got in the portal, it was just like, once he reached out, it was just like, oh, that was an easy call. Like, yeah, that's my guy, Coach Chucky. And I've been knowing him, met my family, great person on and off the field, and a great leader. And being like somebody that was once a uh, Heisman watch, it's good to be like in a room with him and just getting, gaining knowledge from him. This is uh, a, there's a group of running backs here with uh, Utah State that all kind of trying to find their own position, their own role. How do you feel like you complement what's going on there with the running back, I guess, position, which Coach Anderson's asking for, and how do you feel you stand out? Uh, I mean, we are stable. So we, we work as one. We make each other better. We compete daily, whether that's in the film room or, or whether it's on the field. But I think we all do things different. I'm not going to just list like what we do different, but – I feel like as far as like what I can, what I'm bringing is like a little, like experience, a little bit more experience because we're young. Me and Devontae Henry Cole, we probably like the oldest in the room. So we're a young group, but we we very talented. And so that's what amazed me every day, just seeing like these young boys go off, and then I go off. Like we pick up off each other well, so it's it's a sight to see. And I can't wait for the Aggies, everybody to see come game one, week one. How do you feel like um, things have been going so far since you've been here? Just the team understanding the offensive concepts you had a scrimmage recently you had a chance to kind of put a lot of it in action in in situations how do you feel things are are moving along and where do things still need to go for you uh for sure we came a long way from spring ball spring ball we was okay we was dipping our toe in the water not moving as fast but like now we moving fast like not at where we want to be but i know we getting better we getting to it and uh we looking great i believe we're looking great we're doing a great job understanding this playbook it's very complex but it's going to get a lot of defenses off balance. So and that's what I love about it, moving fast like this, urgency. I want to snap the ball right after the next play. I love that.
And then last question for me is just you get a chance to open up the season at a Pac-12 school. When the Yankees go to Washington State, what's that going to feel like for you? <laughs> it's going to feel great because <laughs> last time I played in Pullman, we lost, and that was going to a bowl game. We lost with a minute left. We went for it on fourth down to seal it, and we didn't get the fourth down. They went down and scored. And I, I can still like play them plays back in my head, just – how the crowd roar and what the man do when they score. It's just, it's crazy. So it feels good, like, going back out there. I played in that atmosphere, so I know what to expect, especially from Washington State defense. I know what to expect. I know their defense, and it's going to feel great being back there, and uh, hopefully we come out successful. But right now we just going to take care of the rest of these days in fall camp and get prepared and ready. Calvin Tyler, Jr., thank you so much, and good luck. Thank you. We need we need somebody to stand out. We need a back to be able to come out there and be. I want to be that guy. I need a back. <laughs> whether it's Calvin, whether it's DHC, I don't care. Give me somebody on right. Saturday. It could be Tyler. It could be Devonte Henry Cole. It could be Gentry. It could be Noah. It could be Macacona. There's a lot of options there, but really, not really any one of those has really stood out to be a primary back. At least not yet. There's still time. But Coach Anderson has also said he's okay using a, a variety of different backs. Coach Tucker, has it, he admitted to me when I interviewed him a couple of weeks ago that, look, I'd rather have a bunch of guys get a few carries, but when they get out there, they run hard. Yeah. And get more yards per average uh, than – one or two guys to get a lot of carries, but if just a few yards per average. So it, it's kind of out of necessity, but it's also about well, who's going to step up, who's going to separate themselves. Yeah, I that's what I'm looking forward on Saturday. Really, that's the last position I'm really looking at is running backs. Like the final position that I just I need an answer of what it's going to look like, and it, yeah, somebody I need somebody to stand out to me. All right, another quick timeout here in the Full Court Press. We want to come back. The stat that blew our minds and our player of the week. This is Jay from Daryl's Appliance. We love to give back to the community. From August 16th to August 28th, we will donate a portion of our sales to the family place of Cash Valley. One of the ways you can help us is to come look at the new Harvest Right freeze dryers we have in stock. These freeze dryers will save you money by reducing waste. That's at Daryl's, where service always comes first. Daryl's West on Airport Road. Listen for a live radio broadcast Saturday. See Daryl's Appliance in beautiful downtown Benson. Ascent Aesthetics is quickly becoming the choice of those looking for Botox, fillers, skin care, microneedling, laser hair removal, medical grade facials, and more. Doctors Blatter, Benyon, and Robinette of Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat have assembled an incredible staff that want to meet and help you feel confident, beautiful, and refreshed. At Ascent Aesthetics, it's always education first. Visit Ascent Aesthetics in their new Providence location next to the Bank of Utah. Go to AscentAesthetics.com. That's AscentAesthetics.com for more details. This is the herd. The winner in this is also Colin Cowherd. There's not as many smart people as you think. You know, it's just a reality. It'd be a no-brainer if you said, you know, hey, you got a chance to get uh, Wayne Gretzky on your team, or you get a chance to have Michael Jordan on your team. Oh, we don't need him. You know, no thanks. We're we're good. Yes, he is Wayne Gretzky, and he is Michael Jordan, and um, he's right. This is the herd. Weekdays from ten to one on Sports Talk Radio, one hundred six nine FM, thirteen ninety AM. The Fan. 
It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. From Northwest Eastside, everybody, everybody, let's get into it, get stoked, get it started, get it started, get it started, let's get it started, let's get it started, My music was so much better yesterday. What's wrong with this music? This one's actually pretty good. It's a good one. This is a good one. Yeah, okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Okay. All right, AJ. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You're so generous. All right. It's time for the stat that blew our minds and our player of the week. Let's take a look at the numbers. It's the stat that blew our minds. He did what? On the full court press. Wow, that blew my mind. Uh, Jay, I'll let you go first. You always accuse me of stealing your information, so go ahead. So the Baltimore Orioles are on a 12-game losing streak, Eric. And have been outscored by 77 runs in that 12. This is your stat, isn't it? Keep going. It's the worst run differential by any team in a 12-game span, in any 12-game span in modern era, since 1900. Dude, they suck. I mean, I've sucked before at things, but they're really bad. What's your stat? Was that it? It's connected to this uh, 12-game losing streak. Okay, hit me with Orioles. it. They have allowed... Now you talked about the differential. I'm going to talk about how many runs they've given up during these 12 games. During 12 games, they've given up 113 runs. That's insane. During a, a, the, a 10-game stretch there, the first 10 games, they've given up 98, and that was the most during a 10-game skid since 1936. But now it's stretched to 12 games. It just, That's bad. It's just really That's bad. That's so bad. That's a team that needs to maybe get rid of baseball. <laughs> Like, we talk about the Tampa Bay Rays. At least they're winning. At least they're first place in their division. They do have a beautiful stadium. Baltimore? Yeah. Well, it's going to waste because nobody goes and they suck. (laughs) All right. Fair enough. Uh, So, we're both thinking of the Orioles and futility. But what about uh, an individual player who may have stood out? MVP is. If you have a good game, your game is going to say that. You, know, you don't have to say it. Puts a lot of cool things in perspective anytime you're the first time doing something. It's the Full Court Press Player of the Week. Let's go! Okay, RJ Salveson, your Player of the Week. Who stood out to you this last week? So, my Player of the Week is going to go to the Polish javelin thrower, Maria Andrzejczyk. She auctioned off her Olympic silver medal to send a eight-month-old boy to Stanford University for heart surgery. Wow. The Polish store chain won the auction with a bid of 125000 They then gave that uh, silver medal back to Maria. No way. That's, that's really cool. That's pretty cool. That is cool. Uh, and she is gorgeous. Wow. <laughs> You have multiple reasons why you're <laughs> selecting her. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going back to baseball. Tristan McKenzie, first rookie with a seven-inning perfect game bid 
Uh, so he was, he was throwing a perfect game through seven innings. First time a rookie's done that since 2011. And he's the first Indians pitcher to do that since 1981. Now, the perfect game bid ended with in the, well, in the seventh inning with about two-thirds of the inning taken care of. But still, a great first performance and his first start, Tristan McKenzie of the Indians throwing a perfect game through seven and two-thirds innings. I love it. Good stuff. Uh, all right, so tomorrow we'll be back. It'll be What Went Wrong Wednesday. Yep, we'll have our uh, actor-athlete coach. Yeah, who said it. And one day closer to coming out and seeing us live at Guild Mortgage. We'll be broadcasting oh, man, live there at their place on Thursday. Uh, great chance to come by, say hi, and uh, continue to talk about what's going on with the Aggies. The NBA Summer League will conclude, and will there be any awards for uh, jazz players uh, or Nimi Keta?